an addict like me, <laughs> concern is uh, is the best that I can come up with. And right. realistically, most other people are looking at me. By the time I'm concerned, they're terrified. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? I minimize everything to myself. So if I'm questioning certain things, uh, people are already planning my funeral down the road. You know what I mean? Like it's it's my problem as an addict is always much bigger outside than it is inside. Like inside, I'm 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 slow to wake up to the fact of just how much trouble I'm truly in. So if That's I'm right. already in a spot where I'm touching base with and considering looking up meetings online or places to go, or if I'm in a position where I'm thinking about asking people for help or talking to my doctor, then I probably need to do it sooner than later because I'm probably in a lot worse shape than I know. Right. Right. My illness lives in my secrets, brother. And my secrets live in the darkness that's that that I keep within. And it this illness knows my secrets and it uses them to keep me as as sick as I want to allow it. Hello, family. Welcome to the Fearful Action Podcast, where we believe that action equals freedom. We strive to inspire you to take consistent, fearful action because that is the best way to build confidence and fight fear. Everything worthwhile in life is just outside of fearful actions. My guest today is Shane Vayette. What I love about this guy is he's pretty much been to hell and back, lived to tell his story, and is now openly sharing his struggles, his pain, his triumph as a way to help others. He's an open and uh, transparent person, and his willingness to help others is very admirable. He has struggled with addictions for years and has dedicated his life and business to help others achieve the same freedom that he has. We both share an obsession for reaching for the stars through self-reflection, personal development, and consistently taking fearful actions. So welcome to uh, the show, Shane. Thanks for being with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, brother. That was awesome. I yeah, appreciate man. that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to to chat with you. You know, you're uh, definitely a great uh, speaker and, and, and share openly when, when you uh, speak. And, um, you know, one thing that we have in common that I think that can offer some some value to the listeners are, are some of our struggles, right? And, you know, the path that we took to get here today, hope, uh, you know, thankfully life is, is better uh, for us today. And, you know, when we talk about addiction, it can come in many forms, right? Manifest itself into, you know, whether it's food, alcohol, drugs, you know, internet, social media, even working out and porn. Absolutely. It comes in, in many different ways. Where, where do you think that addiction comes from? You know, I can only speak from my own personal experience in that. And uh, I definitely see, um, I, 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 like, I like the analogy, the first thing that comes to me really strong, my brother, is that, uh, is that the light shines through the cracks, right? Is that the, 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 the thing that happens that separates, I guess, me from everyone else is that that uncomfortable state in which they exist. I, I look at my life and I look at I look at the trajectory of it and I kind of think that uh, the best way that most people can nod their head and, and, and in agreement is that at some level, from my earliest recollection, my life was a little bit louder on the, right. on the inside than the outside. And even when the outside was good, the inside was still really loud. And I couldn't adjust the volume. I couldn't find a way to adjust that volume. And uh, I didn't really know how loud it was until I took my first drink, until I did my first drug, 
and I got some relief from that external noise or that internal noise, right? Right. And, and how old were you? That, the first time I'm going to say I was, I was young, but the first time that it really produced the effect of like, uh, this, there's a synthetic effect of, for me, like it literally is like touching the face of God. You know, wow. that's my personal analogy. But the one that I think I get the most head nods on is that it turned the volume down. And so wow. I was about 12 years old. It was nothing special. You know, it, it didn't uh, it didn't light up any big, you know, no big red flags or anything came 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 out. I think right. I smoked a couple of a couple of hot knives with a friend of mine. I laughed hysterically. You know, I definitely chased that uh, that same sense of ease, that comfort that comes out of that. I chased that for a long time, you know, right. And, uh, right. Sometimes, or at some point the, uh, the solution became, became much more worse than the problems I had when the solution wasn't working. Right. Wow. And, and when you say, when you say loudness, would you say it's just, uh, distractions, anxiety? What do you mean by loudness? You, you know what, man? I, I love the uh, the name of your podcast here. I, I support you a hundred thousand percent in that. I mean, it was uh, it, it's it's a fear of and a fear about the known, the unknown. There was an anxiety. There was an insecurity. But on the other side of that, there was also a superiority. Like mm-hmm. one minute I would be as low as pond scum and the next minute I would be better than everybody in the room and I'd have to check out, you know. There was, and and everywhere in between. So, so to put my finger on anything in particular, I I wouldn't necessarily be able to do that, but I can tell you from the bottom of my heart that all I know is that when that stuff was working, like a second, I, the second I was able to, to consistently have an experience through drugs and alcohol that allowed me to be a a social animal, you know, that allowed me to, to, to crawl out of that, uh, that loud cave that was the recesses of my own mind and psyche. And, and be present, right? So my first teacher, one who meant the world to me and then some, he's passed away now, God rest his soul. But uh, this gentleman told me that what his addiction did for him, and I can completely relate, is it brought, it brought him conscious and present to the moment, right? right? So his head and his feet were in the same spot, as I like to put it. And what happens is, is that yesterday, today, tomorrow, all the stuff that's going to happen later, all the fears and the anxieties that I that I had about what I just did or where I was or, mm-hmm. or what could come down the hole to bite me or what could come from the future to attack me, all that stuff silenced. And for the first time in a conversation like we're having right now, my brother, I would have been able to sit eyeball to eyeball with you and actually listen mm-hmm. if I had a drink in my hand. And nothing external would have disturbed me. But there was many, many times where I was sitting with the person I wanted to be sitting with whether it was a friend, a family member, whether it was somebody I loved or somebody I was really interested in. And I would Mm -hmm. sit with them, but this internal dialogue was just so much louder than what that person was, you know, and it would just distract me. And the only way that I could remain conscious and present was a back in those days was through, was through the the consumption of drugs and alcohol at a, at a ridiculously intensifying pace as time progressed. And nowadays it's completely different. As you know, I think we're, it's fair to say that, that, uh, most of us who are getting any real benefits in life find very productive ways to unwind and to self-reflect. And I I find that's as long as that remains the scaffolding that I build my life around, 
you know, it's not something that works off the bat. I think there's some relief off the bat with that, unlike the drugs and alcohol, which brought instant relief, conscious mm-hmm. and present immediately. But there came a point where that stuff stopped working. And, uh, and eventually the gift of desperation that I was given brought me into this group of disciplines, which gave me the capacity to, to keep practicing them until they started to develop a life of their own. And right. I, I find that uh, with, these, with the disciplines that I invoke, like meditation, self-reflection, constant, uh, constant self-appraisal through talking to a, a group of people, a core group of people that I'm really you know, trusting with a, with a better appraisal of myself, my behaviors, my actions than I'm incapable of giving mm-hmm. myself. They, they give me the feedback that I can't quite see in myself. And through the, with all of those things together, what happens is I gain this, it's, it's almost those disciplines bring me to an exponential kind of uh, um, build, incremental increases, just like the gym. My, my favorite analogy, you know, you walk into the gym, you know, you look in the mirror every day, probably every day you're not going to see any gains. You know, I'm, I'm big into physical fitness and I know you are too. Right. Uh, we walk into the gym, you know, you balance that energy, whatever. The gym is a very meditative place for me, very sacred. And uh, I go into the gym and if I'm just there for the results of my body and, and, I, and I hit it every day, it, it's probably not until six months down the road, three months down the road that I notice the massive gains, right? And right. I think that the meditative and contemplative lifestyles that come from, 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 those, from those disciplines, from that gift of being as broken as I was, have uh, given me a real, uh, real, real exponential gains, but it's, it's taken a while, you know, sure, and there's been sure. a lot of struggles along the way, like, like you, you'd opened up with, and, you know, I've, I've not been perfect in this wobble down this path by any means. And, uh, but each, each time I've fallen off my chosen direction, what, it, what has ended up happening is it's given me a deeper appreciation, you know, same man, uh, you know, same man who I, who I just referred to, he used to tell me, he'd say, Shane, you know, sometimes you have to take three steps back to get a running start. And there's right. a deep, deep, deep level of surrender that comes from, from a beautiful amount of pain. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And I, I like the analogy you've got with the fearful action. You know, it's like, once we start to encapsulate that fear, like nowadays for myself, I know that when I see those uncomfortable places, when I see that fear, instead of me running from it, or instead of me, instead of me uh, trying to distract myself to avoid looking at it, I look at it as an opportunity. It's a big white flag and it it invites me in because on the other side of that fear becomes the level 3.0, 4.0, 5.0 of each and every discipline and better yet of the next version of myself. The greatest, right. grandest, best vision of who the who I could ever be is found on the next side, on the other side of the very thing that I'm resistant to. You know, right? And, absolutely. Uh, my, yeah. yeah my let, fam- let me just uh, ahead, let me sorry. just uh, interject, man. So you Please. you would you would said early on about just being able to let's call it hitting pause on life, right? Where you get a bit of peace, and that that only came when you were you know, using drugs and, and, and alcohol and, and today living a sober life, you know, I'm assuming that there's a lot more peace in your life and you're able to kind of reflect and, and just be in the moment. Right. And, and now 
this podcast is all about fear and you know when when we're out there and and using and and drinking part of the reason is to kind of quiet down that that fear in in our minds right and one of the fears that we have is that others will find out that we have this uh quote unquote problem or struggle right tell tell me about how it was for you when you first kind of realized that you have maybe you have a problem and 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 the fears associated with that sure i love that you know the thing that we resist persists that's a pretty out there statement most most people have it and and what that means to me is that the thing that i fought in myself the most the 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 the, the ability for me to start to get honest i guess it all comes from that from that deep level of pain you know as things when things are working when everything's going you know all hunky dory and it's all unicorns and rainbows yeah. um there's little or there's little reason and there's zero evidence to have to look at my life and be evaluating because I feel good. You know, maybe I think I look good. Maybe I think I'm doing well, whatever it is. But if, if my mind's, if the story I'm telling myself about the story I'm telling myself is, uh, is everything's good, then, then, I, then it, it's very difficult for me to get to that spot. I think where, where I've wound up like the first time the pain was just obvious, right? I mean, I was at the heels of uh, broken decisions. Everything I touched turned to flames and ash. Uh, every relationship I was in was was on shaky ground, if it existed at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I loved things and I used people to get those things. Um, I, I was just a broken human being, you know? And so by the time I finished up, having gone through hospitals, detoxes, jails, um, all any any institution you could possibly name, I've, I've been to, to to many of them, and 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 when you're in that state, I mean, it, it's quite evident that just what I'm not what I'm doing is not working, right? Mm-hmm. But to to not continuously keep going back, what I've had to learn over the years as a result of continuously having to go back and eat more dirt, mm-hmm. so to speak, has been to 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 literally arm myself with people who are who care more about me than, 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 than they care about my feelings. I think we live in a world today and you mentioned it in the social media aspect and in, in the, uh, in the general scheme of things, a lot of people are trying to protect identities. They're, they're trying to protect, um, just, just my personal opinion, right? They're trying to protect the way that they're viewed from others and radical transparency is, uh, you know, it's something that I, my business, it's, it's relentlessly successful. It's, you know, it's about developing the body, the mind, the, the, the disciplines. But I think that in a relentless way, if I pursue radical transparency, radical honesty, like, I mean, if I really sit with those concepts, how does that show up in my life? You know, and for me, it, it, it means surrounding myself with guys like you and, 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 and there's women in my life and there's people at my work, but there's, surrounding myself with people who are able to tell me the things that I may not want to hear on my own and to honestly consistently go back and listen to what they think the problem is. Cause I know the story I tell myself is always going to be different from the actual truth. Sure. That's just my experience. Right. And I think that the part of the, the, the challenge 
uh, for us and, <laughs> and anyone that is struggling in life, whether it be with addiction or just uh, crippling fear is is a bit of denial, yeah. right? Our brain yeah. is in survival mode. And, you know, the way we can get out of bed every morning and just keep going is we have to tell ourselves that that everything's okay, right? So I know that eventually you decided to to get help and and to put your hand out and and, and ask somebody to to guide you in in a sense. Yeah. Um, bring me back to that first time where you recognize that there was a problem and then you overcame the fears of judgment and ridicule by others and decided to reach out and ask for help. You know, I, I, I think that, uh, what's, I, I think that that fear stayed with me for a while, brother. I think that, uh, that it, it didn't just dissipate right away, but I, again, had people in my life, um, the first time I ever, I'll tell you the first time. So the first time I ever went to a treatment center, I was 17 years old. I definitely displayed, I'm 42 years old today. I definitely had some issues with drugs and alcohol that had been very uh, evident to, to my family, to a lot of other people. I wasn't really willing to acknowledge the fact that it was causing as much of a problem, that it was robbing me of my hopes and my dreams. Because I have a problem with appraising something that I hold of value that the world may not have any value in, but I hold it a value. I put a, a unreasonable values on things that are not that are worthless. Can right? you give me an, an example? So I'm I'm the I'm of the mindset that if it feels bad for me, then it's bad for me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if it feels good for me, then it must be good for me. But I'll t- I'll tell you an, a, a specific example is my first car, man. Love this thing, brother. Love this thing. This car for me was uh was a uh, it took me forever to get this car okay right. and then when i finally got it i mean if you had asked me to buy that car i mean it was stained on the inside it was a dodge spirit four banger i love the name of it it was just a you know a white mechanic special full of grease full of everything i could smoke right. in it keep my feet up but it kept me warm had a stereo everything was golden <laughs> nice i got to tell you man that that i wouldn't have sold that car if somebody had asked me you know, to inconvenience me. If they had to give me two or three grand for it at the time, it was probably worth a hundred bucks. But if they had a, if they had asked, offered me two or three grand, although I could have went and bought another car of, of much, much better value for the money, I overvalued it. I would have said, you know what, this car's worth five grand. And I probably would have, would have fought you tooth and nails for it, you know, saying like, no, 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 no. Even if you showed me evidence, you, you know, I, I still have the capacity and the tendency to to disregard what's right in front of my face, because again, that story internally is told in a very different way than it's perceived. Right. You know, so, I would love- you would you say that would you say that uh, you you were kind of tying in some of your self worth to material things? Oh, I definitely been guilty of that one. Yeah. Okay. You know, as from an early age, I'll, t- I'll tell you this. I remember, uh, I remember being a young kid with my hair slicked back, right? I grew up, my nickname used to be Pudge. And then when I hit 13 or 14, I got a little taller. I lost the, uh, the little baby fat. And uh, I, I still carried with me the shell of that. You know, I was very, uh, very ashamed growing up, very, uh, very hurt. There was a lot of abuse in other ways. But I think the only person who abused me who abused me the most, the longest, it's, it's been me, you know, I'm the root right. common denominator of all my own problems for certain. 
for mm-hmm. certain and for sure. But uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's a important statement, right? For for anybody listening, that you know, you could be victimized by somebody, whether you were called names or made to feel a certain way, right? But once once you take that ball and run with it, then that's when you're where you're responsible, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll, and I'll and it's how... tough when you're that when you're that young, right? Sure. It's understandable. We we don't know how to handle things, right? So you know, maybe the feeling of less than uh, once you got a little older and you're able to acquire material things that was used in a way to kind of make up for those feelings of less than, right? Is now, hey, look at me, look look what I'm able to Absolutely. do, and look what I can buy, right? You know, and 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 I. I still find it very, uh, very bizarre. I mean, we're taught so much in school. We're taught so much as men by, you know, all the inputs that we have into our lives. And, and, you know, the one thing that no one ever discussed with me growing up, I was never introduced until I started in a, in, in a personal development kind of mode or in a, in a self-reflective kind of mode is like this emotional vocabulary, you know. I hear a lot more about it these days, or maybe I'm just tuned in and paying more attention to it. I don't know, but uh, but where I was and who I was with, I mean, for for two men to be able to discuss what's going on inside, it was uh, it was just unheard of. And and I look at my life, and it's like, yeah, you know, there was value attached to everything I had. The conversation always went like this: Hey, like my friend Jules, hey, uh, you want to know where I've been? You want to see what I just bought? Hey, check this out. This is brand new. Never once did I say, how you feeling? Never once did I say how I'm feeling. You know, never once did I tell you, hey, listen, I've been really insecure about this um, compared to the guys that I've been hanging out with. You know, I'm still feeling a little thick around the edges. Um, these guys are in great shape. They've got beautiful women around them. They seem mm-hmm. to be uh, very articulate in how they come across. And I feel like uh, I feel like I don't measure up as a man to them. Like it, that, that language just wasn't a part of my vocabulary at the time. Sure. And, uh, sure. so grateful it is today though. I'm so Absolutely. Grateful it is. Yeah. And, and, and the interesting thing is that at, at that time, and even for people now that are our age and, yeah. and unfortunately don't have a, a supportive group where they can speak openly about their, their yeah. feelings sometimes is just considered not a manly thing to do. And the, the sad thing is that, you know, everyone in the group is feeling in in a similar way, maybe feeling less than or there's some some fear in their lives and, and they just aren't able to admit that. Right. And so everyone's Absolutely. suffering together, but suffering alone. Yeah. And, you know, that that's the difference. So we, we were kind of on that path a little while ago and it was when we were talking and it was on me strong. It's like my sister. I love her to pieces. Right. My sister's a wonderful woman and she has a great heart. It's huge. But she's also been through some of the similar things that I was through. And uh, and what that did for her is it just turned her internal. So I don't know how my sister's feeling. She has no emotional kind of language whatsoever. But I, I know when she's doing well because the smile does show up. But my sister can exist in- incrementally, kind of miserable at a lot of things often. You know, she's much like my mom in that. And she's very, very particular on looking externally and saying, if this lined up, I wouldn't feel this way. And if they just stopped doing that, I'd feel better. And I used to speak that same language. So I'm not, I'm not judging. I'm just, it's a great example because my sister, she never escaped the way that I had 
escape. So she never dove into the pits of uh, despair with drugs and alcohol. You know, she exists at a more mild level, which I think a lot of the population does today. You know, the people mm-hmm. that I come in contact with, they, they exist at a mild level where they can remain relatively uncomfortable, but not so much so that it causes them to do anything and not 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 overly the teeter totters kind of balance. You know, they might flip the bird once in a while as they're driving down the street at the guy that cuts them off. You know, they, they might uh, they might internally mumble at somebody who back talks them at work or whatever. But realistically, they just don't dive into the booze, the drugs. They're not they're not, uh, you know, extremely overeating or, or under eating their their behaviors are just they exist at a mild kind of uh, level of pain, you know, right. and then and then a guy like me dives into something that my entire being is dependent upon this constant move forward. Right. That if I got to that state, which they can exist at at, at a relatively equal keel, even keel, my sister's in her 50s, she's been doing that. Um if I existed at that state, my friend, I'd, I'd have a drink in my hand in no time. I'd be in up to all sorts of things I probably shouldn't be up to. And, uh, and I'd be experiencing some pain that, uh, you know, I, I only know one way to relieve. Right. And, yeah, uh, and, and that's what, what, that's what differentiates, you know, us versus the people that can sort of dabble right for, for you and yeah. I, there is yeah. no dabbling. It's either we're no. all in or or we're out, right? And, and right. luckily, we're we're out now, and we found other ways yeah. to feel fulfilled in, in in our lives and and challenge ourselves and continue to grow without the the use of of substance, right? So yeah. now you know you've been around uh, a lot of people that you know, have, have struggled. Some are continuing to struggle. That's part of what you do in your life today is support others that are in places that, that you've been in the past. What would you say to somebody listening that maybe has some, uh, you know, preconceived notions of what an addict or an alcoholic is? Um, can you share what, what you would say are some misconceptions of, of people that are out there and struggling still? Sure. You know, for me, I think that the easiest uh, barometer is like, if I'm wondering if something's out of control, again, this is just for me, but it it usually applies. If I'm wondering if something's out of control, if those questions are starting to, you know, percolate in my, in my psyche, then usually there's the, the problems already there. You know what I'm saying? So, so then it becomes a measure of, am I willing to do something about this? And if I find myself willing to test the waters to see if I'm an alcoholic, a drug addict, uh, addicted to porn, addicted to uh, to gambling, addicted to food, to to sex, to whatever it is, then maybe I'm gonna I'm gonna try to 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 ascertain the level of that, and maybe talk to somebody first. That that's always the most helpful approach. But if I'm just trying to gain my own insight and my own understanding and have an experience myself to find out where I'm at on this scale before I talk because of fear, because of anxieties, you know, the judgments and all those things that my right. mind tells me will follow, then number one, I just, I, I will put a, a little bit of a test on the waters and say, okay, if, if I don't have a problem with this, it's very simple, then I'll just stop whatever the behavior, whatever the substance, just put it down. And not, not, not for a little bit of time. I like the course of a year. I like that, that, uh, that concept. Because anybody like myself, if you had approached me and said, you know, and, and I got to be honest, my addictions morphed always, right? So I, I'm a 
you know, drug addict, alcoholic, 100%, you know, but when I put that stuff down, other behaviors, other things come up, right? So I've been down the gambling, the relationships, the sex, the the ideology, the worship of money. I'm always worshiping something other than my own company, my own presence, a spiritual, uh, you know, I'm, I'm worshiping something other than the very base fundamentals of life. And I'm always chasing, right? Never able to sit still and sit comfortably. So it's like, and if you had asked me to just refrain from one of those things for the course of a year, depending on my level of discomfort and just the thought or suggestion, that's a pretty good barometer right off the top. Now, if I if I find myself not able to do something for that long and for whatever circumstances, then it's like something bite-sized and chewable is like six months three months, one month, whatever it is to see if, you know, let's say it's alcohol. If I can't stop drinking just because I want to for a period of 30 days, you know, without having repercussions, without sweating in the morning and dying at night, um, then I probably might want to seek some outside support and some help, you know, or if I find when I do put it down, other things start to come to the surface, then then maybe I might want to seek some outside help. I'm a huge proponent in like this thing that brings me to my knees, the pain that I experienced the most in my life has given birth to the very best of my my being. You know, it's given me the ability to have these conversations, to, to live the life that I live. It's only on the other side of me, absolutely 1000% saying my way is just not working and, and surrendering, you know, especially as guys, man. And I think this society, but we grow up and we're taught that to win's to win. If I win, I got it all. I get the girl, I get the house, I, you know, I get the business, the money, whatever it is that, that, that attracts me. But that winning mentality seems to be a very massive thing. But I, I, I challenge that in my own experience, the best, the best results have been always at the heels of my deepest surrender, my deepest transparency and honesty with the people I love the most. And, and and the humility that comes from that is me be, me being willing to look openly at what feedback I'm getting and to right. find the new directions in that, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe even if I don't agree with it, I, I'm still looking for something because I just am so aware based on my, my the pain and my struggles of my own life that I just don't have a frigging clue as much as I like to think that I do. So Shane, I wanted to to ask you right for, you know, you've shared a lot of your experience with us and, and, and I appreciate your, your openness. Now for somebody listening to this, that, you know, maybe they have a question of whether or not they have a problem. You touched on, you know, abstaining for a certain amount of time. Can, can you give us, you know, a better sense of maybe some signs that somebody, um, is 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 seeing that it might be obvious to others but not to themselves and and other actions that that they're taking and you know other things in their lives that's pointing to maybe you should get help maybe you can touch on that so that anybody listening that maybe is exhibiting certain behaviors or have certain struggles could maybe identify and could use that as a reason to reach out and ask for help Sure. I think, you know, we all are, are intuitively given this spiritual GPS, you know, and I think something inside of us, deep down inside of every one of us knows when we're just off the mark, 
And uh, if I keep showing up to life and I'm consistently off that mark and I've got that knot in my stomach and I'm not quite sure why, maybe it's to do with the drinking, the drugs, maybe it's the behaviors, maybe it's the relationships, the, the constant people of people approval seeking, the perfectionism. But if if I'm if I can get myself to a spot where I'm where I'm a little quieter, and I'm, if I'm recognizing that I'm not showing up well, and that it's starting to cost me, you know that instead of after leaving an event or a person or a or a place, I'm saying you know that I was so grateful to have been there. What a great opportunity, you know. I'm so glad that I have the job I have, that I get to be the guy I am or the girl I am, or the father I am, or the, the son I am, or the daughter I am, or whatever the case is. Instead of that, what I'm starting to do is say, you know, I wish this was better. If my, my you know, if my mindset's always about blaming, always about, always about, uh, if I'm just uncomfortable on a regular basis in the, in the most hopeless of ways, then uh, I'm, I just, I'm such a proponent to, to develop such honest you know, open and honest relationships. I, I don't, you know, I, I th- that's a great question, man. I, you know, I, I really, uh, for myself, like I said, I, I don't get to be in a place where the intervention happens at a, at an early stage, you know, mm-hmm. I always take it right to the wire. So I'm, I'm not really sure how somebody could stop that. But right. I think that the biggest, the biggest certainty for me is that I know that I'm in a lot of trouble when I'm not showing up the way that I envision myself to show up. Right. I'm you, feeling uncomfortable with myself. Right. And a, and a good point that, that you raised is like when you're out with people at an event, right, where walking away from it, your thoughts should be, like you said, gratitude, reflecting on the night. And then if you kind of drift into remorse of something you said or something you should have said or, you know, it could have been like this and, and, you know, next time I'm going to say this and now you're playing a fight in your head because somebody said something you didn't like all of that sort of, you know, self-talk and, and negative reflection could be a sign. And if somebody who's listening to this is going through that thought pattern and is using you know, drugs and alcohol to quiet that down, I would say, you know, that's a sign that maybe something, something is wrong, right? If that's the only way you get inner peace is, is by using drugs and alcohol, there's, uh, you know, some questions to, to be asked there. And, and, and also what you mentioned, that's very important is being really honest with yourself, right? Why are you doing the things that you're doing? And, and and that honesty and and taking ownership for what you're doing and and your own thoughts and and being open to the idea yeah. of asking for help, right? You know, we're in such a beautiful day and age too, where it doesn't have to be like we don't have to blow, you know, blow up and or blow our cover or whatever we think's going on. We don't we don't have to just share that if it's if it's in line with drugs and alcohol specifically. I mean, we have a medical community that's just there to help. We have government-funded programs. We have doctors. I mean, the number one thing I would do personally is if I'm not sure and I don't really want to discuss this issue with anybody, if you're just listening there and uh, and you're you're curious as to whether or not there's a problem, maybe it's try being honest with the doctor. You know, go in for a once uh, every six months or once a year physical. 
because if I'm doing enough drugs and alcohol to physically affect me, if I have a food or eating disorder that's physically in, you know, affecting me, if my health is affected because of my behavior in a negative way, then, then there's also some deeper questions I need to be asking myself, you know? Yeah. I think that's, uh, that's good advice, right? The doctor can be a good, a good start and just a simple Google search, right? With whatever your, yeah. your struggles are. If, if you Google search a specific, you know, whether it's drugs or alcohol or, or, or porn or whatever yeah, other sure. types of addiction that, that you have, there's you, uh, support groups out there, right? Absolutely. Absolutely, man. And that's, that's the number one thing is like, you know, through the, through a doctor, they're going to put you in touch with other people whether it's for drugs and alcohol or, or whether, I mean, any major dysfunction now has, has one of the, um, a million different support groups available. If, if somebody's willing and humble enough and, and adventurous and courageous enough, right? Fear is right. beautiful, man. I got to tell you this story because it's just on me strong. It's like sure. a friend of mine a long time ago. He said, he said the, the gratitude he has is, is that fear exists in the world. And, and he goes, I'm a, he's a fireman and his name was Jack. He goes, you know, I'm a fireman. He goes, and what I get to do is in spite of fear, in spite of the presence of fear, like my entire body's telling me not to do what it is that I'm about to do. He goes, I run to a building, I kick in the door and I run in and I grab somebody and I take them out. He goes, fear allows me the ability to demonstrate so that the world can see it with open eyes, my courage. And he goes, I'm not even aware of what I'm doing until I walk out. And, and then I realize that that's bravery. There's courage in those movements. And it's all on the other side of that fear, right? Wow. That's, yeah, no, that's a, that's a beautiful thing. And he gets to practice that on, on a daily basis and, and, and offering such, such help to, to the community, right? That's, it's not a job that, that anybody yeah. can, can do. So I just wanted to bring up a point here that, Sure. You just said, you know, for people to talk to, to their doctors and, and you mentioned that they should be honest, right? And, and this is a very important point that I want to touch on again for anybody that's listening. If, you know, if you trust your doctor or any professional that you're working with, I suggest, you know, obviously you have to have that trust. But if you're ready to do something and to change your life, you have to be honest because I know of a lot of people that have gone to doctors and they leave part of their story out because of shame yeah. and, and just yeah. not, not having the trust. And if you don't trust your doctor, man, find another doctor, get, get with somebody that you trust because you have to be able to tell them exactly what you're feeling, exactly what you're doing to your body, because a lot of things get misdiagnosed as depression and, and anxiety. And then you get you know, prescribe some medication to deal with that. And if you're not honest about another part of your life, then you're basically being misdiagnosed. Now you're going to have to deal with possibly kicking a different drug that you've been put on to deal with something that, yep. you know, is misdiagnosed. So I think it's just important for anybody I, listening to, to, to be fully honest, just make sure that you, you trust the person, build that trust and, and, uh, and, and be honest. That's the only way to, to get, proper help you know what I'll, I'll tell you this story again i was on my way uh I, I had to go to my doctors there was a point where i was struggling with with mental health right i mean it wasn't it, it was uh again self-imposed something i brought on myself but uh 
you know, I hadn't touched drugs and alcohol in a very long time. I had uh, missed a few days of work and my employer required me to go and get a doctor's note before I could return to work. So I remember having, you know, gone into my doctors and within five seconds, brother, he was literally cutting me a script. And I've known this guy, he brought me into the world, right? right. He, uh, he was ready to write me a, a narcotic prescription and then he was ready to, to write me a, a, an actual prescription, which changes my brain chemistry. Wow. And not once did he stop. And I, I was awake at least. I mean, we're all asleep, only dreaming we're awake at some point. My favorite quote in the world, man. And at this point, I, I was awake to myself and to what I was able to do and not able to do enough to say, hey, wait a minute, buddy. Like, listen, you understand what you're about. And he knows my history, right? He knew I was a, an addict. But, uh, but I told him, I said, not once did you even stop for two seconds to ask me what it was that I had just been up to. I said, for the last three days, I've basically been gambling way too much money that I really couldn't afford to be gambling in the casino instead of going to my home, because in my home, I was dating a girl that I really shouldn't have been dating. And uh, we were having some uh, some battles back and forth, which if I had been listening to that spiritual GPS inside of me, uh, I probably wouldn't have been in that relationship in the first place. We were much better friends. She, she wasn't an addict. She wasn't an alcoholic. But we were much better friends than we were lovers. And he was so quick to write me those scripts that I was actually terrified at that moment. And and so I think I think being completely and utterly honest, if I've gone so far as to go in there and to ask for the help that I've needed, even if it's just for a doctor's note to go back to work, I mean, I really I was I walked out of there feeling pretty good that at least I had kind of cracked the can and. And, and told my doctor what was actually happening in my life. There's a power, my friend, in, in just putting the words to it, speaking out of my own mouth, something I already know internally, my own mm -hmm. truth, mm -hmm. and, uh, and being able to kind of solidify that with my words out loud. It's, it just, it hits you hard, right? After that moment, I ended up changing some of those things in which I could change. And uh, if, you're, if you're an addict like me, <laughs> Concern is uh, is the best that I can come up with. And right. realistically, most other people are looking at me. By the time I'm concerned, they're terrified. You right. know what I mean? I minimize everything to myself. So if I'm questioning certain things, uh, people are already planning my funeral down the road. You know what I mean? Like it's it's my problem as an addict is always much bigger outside than it is inside. Like inside, I'm, I'm, I'm slow to wake up to the fact of just how much trouble I'm truly in. So if That's I'm right. already in a spot where I'm touching base with and considering looking up meetings online or places to go, or if I'm in a position where I'm thinking about asking people for help or talking to my doctor, then I probably need to do it sooner than later because I'm probably in a lot more shape than I know. Right. Right. My illness lives in my secrets, brother, and my secrets live in the darkness that's that that I keep within. And it this illness knows my secrets and it uses them to keep me as as sick as I want to allow it to keep me. You know, that's right. That's that's why, you know, transparency and, and honesty is is number one. Right. And then the willingness Vital. to to do some work, reach out for help. I wish we lived in a place that I could just say, trust your doctor a hundred percent. But unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. you know, there are, there are some doctors that are running their, you know, practice like a business and there's money to be made yeah. by prescribing certain drugs. 
but I would still say reach out to your doctor and 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 be a judge for yourself of of whether you feel that that they have your your best interest um, at heart. Right? It's it's a tough situation to to be in. Right? So I know yeah. that you're you're doing much better today, but part of being human is a continuous you know, struggle and, and improvement and overcoming. That's what life is all about. And that's actually what makes life exciting or it would be boring as shit. But what, what is a fear that you have today that maybe, you know, is irrational? So, uh, my fears today, the, the one that shows up in all of the disciplines that I, that I, uh, that I dive into on a daily basis is always going to be, it's, it's been the same. It continues to, to be the same. It's that I'm I'm not worth it, right? And that shows up in my actions. It shows up in my relationships. It shows up in in, in simple things. But it's a very mild kind of uh, fear that I have today. But it's still at the root of all the other fears that come from it, right? And where it's do you that think not, that comes from? That's a real good question, man. You know, and I I, I just honestly I I think it's above my pay grade. The fact right. that I know it's there is beautiful. The the fact that it doesn't have to direct and guide me. As long as I maintain the lifestyle and the friendships and and the direction that I'm that I'm headed, it's it's kind of irrelevant. And maybe maybe down the road it will reveal itself to me as to where that came from. Sure. I just think I've I think I've always felt that way. I think that uh, think I've always been one to see myself more comparing than identifying. Right, where right. where I'm always saying, well, I got a nice car, he's got a nicer, you know, wow, look look at this, look at that. I'm always, I'm always looking outside. Sure. And uh, I think that, uh, I think that, you know, what, what you, you know, admit is, is still a fear. We can, we can tie in what you mentioned before about the gym, right? It's, uh, it's that consistent work that you're doing that reminds you that you're worth it. Right. And, and I would say probably when you stop doing those things and you stop putting in the work, and you know you stop uh, you stop listening to your what did you call it spiritual gps that's it brother yeah so when you stop listening to 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 that voice right that we all have that 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 tells you the things that you should be doing i guess that feeling of not being worth it probably intensifies would you say it gets very loud that's right. definitely and you know the funny thing about about the way my internal condition works is that that's the root of that fear. So, so how does that show up? It shows up as a sense of entitlement. It shows up as judgmental. It shows up as me being, um, you know, just uh, easily irritated, angered by other people. And unless I really sit down and decipher what's going on, the, the you know, I'll just sit there and I'll totally blame other people. But the reality is, is that at the very base level of who I am as a human being, that's one of my fundamental, that's part of my fundamental makeup or has been up to this point in my life. It's possible that it gets relieved. It's possible that it, it's removed at some point. It's just not, not entirely yet. You know, right. The, right. the fear of not being good enough, not being lovable, not being, you know, things like maybe, you know, it just maybe things that most men really don't talk too much about you know in in those terms i don't know yeah no i i hear you and and so now for somebody listening that maybe has similar feelings right there is no 
you know, magic pill to to no. solve any of our troubles, but there's definitely actionable steps that that we could take, right? So as far as, you know, things that uh, maybe a listener can do on a regular basis or, you know, a way of thinking or self-talk, is, is there any advice that, that you could offer to somebody listening that, that maybe is feeling like they're not worth it? You know, I, I honestly... I think that the best way for me to get over that is to to get out of myself. It's to be there for another human being. It's to to do the small things, to participate in life, and to use that as the fuel that drives me to participate. Because at that level, when you can start to use all the things that used to defeat you or that drove you or drives me, and when, though, when I can use those things as the catalyst or the fuel that propels me in a positive direction, such as fear, you know, as if I look at it as an opportunity to practice bravery and courage and to see myself as a new version of who I thought I could be on the other side of that, like that, that's where life gets, like you said, my friend, really interesting, really mm-hmm. tasty, really juicy, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, I think the best way for me is that I sit down, my, my disciplines always happen best in the morning and at night, even if it's for five minutes, even if it's for 10 minutes, whatever, whatever I can devote to it. It used to be a lot longer, a couple hours at a time. It would, you know, life shows up and keeps us a little bit off. So instead of having those two hours and living in that discipline, instead of meditating for, you know, 30 minutes, I live a meditative life. And I watch for those things on a consistent basis. But the best part for me is like that first 5, 10, 20 minutes in the morning when we get up is to just really sit with ourselves to just see if we're if we're okay, if we're disturbed. Maybe it's writing. Maybe it's a little prayer. Maybe it's a little meditation. Maybe it's just a little, uh, you know, some type of ingestion of something that's super positive. And, and maybe it's just sitting there and dreaming like a child, you know. I love putting Mm -hmm. pen to paper and just what would it be like if this stuff didn't exist in my life? If I wasn't the guy who, you know, if on the other side of this fear, on the other side of this defect of myself, of my character, what would I look like? Who could I be if none Mm -hmm. of these things existed? How would I show up? And to really start to have fun with those things is like, you know, this is, this has been an ongoing uh, morph. For, but like like I said, man, since I was about 12 years old and right. I really started to to just start to I just started to taste what it really uh, what it really means to have a zest and a reverence for life. It's only been over the last several years, man, mm-hmm. on and off. too. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. Two, two things that you said there that that stuck with me that that I think is is important. And, and I take that to heart is, is starting your mornings the right way. Right. Absolutely. Taking taking control of your of your time right so right when you wake up is not the time to react to what what the world wants you to do right it's important and then if you have to wake up a little bit earlier to do that i think that's important you also touched on you know basically helping others right service to others anything that we do that's outside of ourselves i think that also builds self-esteem and (laughs) self-confidence and makes us feel that that we are worth it, right? There is, uh, yeah. we're giving something, it's it's outside of ourselves. It's not just uh, selfish acts, right? So I think that's uh, that's important to, 
to there, know. There's one thing you mentioned too a little while ago, and it's something that I'm big on when I'm working with a client, when I'm when I'm talking to people, or even friends, family. I'm pretty adamant about this. Is is our self talk right? Because mm-hmm. what I started to notice as I woke up to who I actually was, not who I thought I was, is that I had this constant vocabulary running through my mind, and this vocabulary was very traditional. Been there all my life. You know, like I said, it's we traditionally, I believe we have as human beings, 60 to 80,000 thoughts per day. A meditative Buddhist monk has about 12,000 thoughts a day. So they still have a lot, but we have thoughts built on traditions about how we seen ourselves, you know, fears, anxieties, all that stuff. And it's like the, 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 the way I spoke to myself, if you had a spoke to me that way, if an, if a random stranger walking up the street spoke to me the way I spoke to me. I would have lost it. So I think that looking at myself as the way I would treat a brand new baby, a newborn child, and to be as gentle and as kind and as courteous with my very, with myself, to build into me a measure of sacredness, right? And divinity, the same measure of sacredness and divinity, I would attend to a new relationship, I would put into a new car, I would be excited to see a, you know, a new, uh, a new friend who, I get to see once in a while, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. to build that into my own discipline, into my own life so that I can spend that time with myself and start to to watch. And then the more I did that, I I, got to be honest, it starts to show up. It's like when I hear someone else calling them out, you know, I call other people out. So if it's like, oh, I'm so stupid, how could I have done that? It's like, hey, don't speak to my friend that way. You know? Right. Sorry, I just right. slapped my hand again. That's brother. okay. That's okay. That's <laughs> that's powerful, though, man. That's very very yeah. powerful. So so basically, self compassion, right? Treat. Yeah. You know, we always say treat others like you want to be treated. We have to say also treat ourselves like we deserve to be treated. Yeah. You know, and and I think there's there's a really uh, there's a really beautiful way of just. Building and giving other people the permission, like as like I said, as I called somebody out on that, or as I called them out, it's like, listen, I'm, I I hope you don't mind, but I'd really appreciate it too if you called me out on that. If you see me treat myself less than uh, than uh, than than you think I deserve, and the funny part is, is what I would endure myself, what I would subject myself to. It's funny how the people that I love the most. They they hold me to higher standards than sometimes I'm capable of holding myself to. When I'm in a really down spot, or if I'm really you know wobbling with a little bit of depression or whatever, you know, it's funny if we allow people the permission and we give them that beautiful gift to say, "Hey, listen, you really mean something deep to me, and I'd love it if you'd if you'd help me get to the next version of myself. If you'd help me be a better man, a better woman." Because some, some people too, they're better in certain aspects than others. Like the the friend of yours or the friend of mine who who has not a not a dollar to their name. I, I'm not going to ask them too much about financial advice. That just makes sense. Mm-hmm. But maybe they have beautiful relationships. No money, but the most intensely present relationships. Maybe I'm going to ask them. Hey, listen, I, I I really like how you do this. Could you support me in trying to be more like you in that area, or give me some pointers or some tips? You know. I believe that, you know, you hear it on the internet often. If we take a look at the five last text messages, the five last phone calls, the five last people that I came in contact with, who are they and and how does that really, how is that reflective as to who I am as a human being? 
I just had this conversation with somebody the other day too, because it was, you know, we were, we were having a chat and it's like this person, this person, this person. And they're telling me who's showing up and asking them for things. And, and in a good spot, that's great. But it's like, well, you want to see the difference here. And it's not that it's better or worse, but you want to see that the last five people on my phone versus the last five in yours. Like we have a lot to give, but we, we also have to be willing to receive. There's humility in receiving. So I might receive four or five times if I'm in a weakened state and I'm giving back once, but the majority of people in my life, they're, they're, they're supportive and encouraging and they will spare me nothing when it comes to my feelings. They'll tell me what I need to hear, not what I want to hear. I think that's really important in any measure, even in any business and in any aspect of life. Sure. Yeah. Support. Support is is super important to to bring us up when we're down. Right. And when we're doing well and, you know, we always have uh, a lot to to offer, but sometimes we're not in the position to to give back. Right. So that that give and take is is important. Somebody else will will do it for you when you're down and you can support them when they're down. And that's what uh, relationships and friendships are or all about and and you talked about the five people on on your text I, I think that's something that's very important is you know who we spend time with right because over time we as much as we think we don't we are influenced by our surroundings right so even including yeah. the media that we listen to and watch and the people in our lives so I think it's important for us to continuously seek positive people positive programs uplifting right people that are optimistic about life and that encourage you when you share a goal with them that they want to see you succeed and 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 consistently seeking that and that's part of getting outside of our comfort zones too right because we can get comfortable within our circle and sometimes we may know that it's not the healthiest circle but it requires us to to get outside of our comfort zone to to reach out for you know, different types of, of people and surround ourselves with people we look up to, right? Absolutely. Well said. I love the baby analogy because it simplifies everything so quickly for me. It's like the person that's, you know, on my phone that I'm unsure about. Would I trust this? Would I trust this human being with my child? And would I walk away for 24 hours and leave that person? Would I expose my child in an impressionable state to that movie? to to that uh, to that audio whatever it is that I'm doing would mm-hmm. I expose my child to this place that I'm hanging out or to these people that I'm associating with to this environment in which I work you know and if it's right. not good enough for my child and I want my child to do better then then shouldn't I hold myself to those same standards you know yeah that's that's a great great analogy because as much as we think that we can filter out information our subconscious yeah. mind will will soak it all in and all of a sudden you're feeling tense and anxious and you don't know why right maybe you just spent the last hour or two just watching negative news of how the world's going to hell and this country's at war and there's a mass shooting over here and this person got shot you know over here and and, and it's just feeding ourselves yeah. with negative information, hmm. right? You know, if we've got time to watch the news, but no time to spend in the sacred communion with ourselves, however that shows up, maybe it's at the gym or for a walk or whatever. If we don't have that time, then, then that should be a big red flag too. I mean, the, the, that, that type of stuff, the six o'clock worries, my buddy calls it, or the 11 o'clock worries. 
Or you can put it now on channel 41 or 42, whatever that city pulse is. You see it all over the city, right? In the beautiful downtown Toronto, they put that stuff on. You know, I personally, I wouldn't want my child to see that. The, The news that comes on there, what they're forgetting is that we live in an abundant and beautiful universe. And that most of the things that we used to suffer and die from is no longer the that that's no longer the case. We have antibodies and we have vaccines that prevent us from having illnesses, which which wiped out populations prior, not but 50, 60 years ago, 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. Right? We live in a we live in a place where where the information that that the world used to have to they died to protect and died to maintain. I mean, we get it at our fingertips. You know, we, we have so many options and so many opportunities and we live in such a bountiful place. You know, sometimes it takes a good, good, uh, a good couple friends to, to remind us. And I just yeah. want to acknowledge you, man, brother, you've, you've come, you've come to a place in your life where you're trying to give back here. And I, I just really deeply appreciate that. I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm envious of that. I, I love to see anybody who's, uh, who's, who's on a path, knows what they want, knows where they're going. And has that goal to carry that that information to the world around them, you know, to be transparent and honest, like you said, is is huge. And uh, I know you've got a beautiful wife, and you, you guys you guys are are striving to have a, a beautiful life. And uh, and so far, everything I know about you and everything I see is has just been positive since the damn match, you man. And wow, that takes a lot that. of work and a lot of dedication, and it's uh it's commendable. And I think the world needs many, many more men who are concerned with body, spirit, who are concerned in healthy ways to address the world around them, who are who, who are interested in giving back and contributing versus being uh, being being like I used to be, like a taker. You know, I'm I'm right. very uh, I'm very glad to know you, my brother. I appreciate that, man. I really, I really do. I, I, I. Um... You know, I'm glad that you were able to to join me today. We have a similar mission in in life, right? To 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 help others and uh, yeah. and to give back, right? And uh, you know, I want to ask you, you know, where where you are today, right? Life is very very different for you today yeah. than it than it was um, in the past. Like, what would you say is something that you know in in the last year or so? that that is maybe a fear that you've overcome that um that you can share with us like what have you learned about yourself in the last year um i have learned the, the number one thing i would think is that i am lovable right so i've given myself wholeheartedly to a beautiful woman and uh we've been together for uh almost 9 months now and this is a extremely healthy relationship very open very honest we we have deep communications and uh, and I'm able to share for the first time in my history. I'm able to share when I'm feeling insecure, when I'm feeling a little a little off or a little unloved, or or maybe even when I need time alone. You right. know, I'm able to share that with her and in an unjudgmental place. And I've never had that before. You know, mm-hmm. I've been I've been I've not I've not had that. Uh, aside from that, uh, I think the number one fear outside of relationships. Is uh, I I work in television and film. I've got uh, I've I've kind of nailed down one job over the last little while. But I'm I, I started a business a little while ago, and and again I'm you know the 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 word I use to to define myself, my direction, and and my company is relentless. And uh, and I like we talked about being uncomfortable. 
so I've made a few changes and and in, uh, in, in jobs, and I'm right. you know, blessed to be in a great industry and make you know great money. And but uh, but I've taken low men on the totem pole to learn a, a new skill set entirely, and mm-hmm. it's very uh, it's very humbling. It's mm-hmm. very humbling. It keeps me uncomfortable. It keeps me asking a lot of help, a lot a lot of questions, and for a lot of help. So that's been a fear of mine that uh, that I've overcame uh, just recently, and it's it's always about am I making the right choice? And I think the best part of my my last uh, the last year or so of my life has been I've not I've not questioned the choices that I've made mm-hmm. because of the people, because of the disciplines. I used to spend a lot of uh, time looking back. There's no future in the rearview mirror, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I used to spend a lot of time ruminating about the decision. Well, what would have happened if I did this? <laughs> what it could have, should have, what if, right? Right, right. And and this is just like, you know, we're just moving forward consistently, and it's it's going quite well, man. It's going quite That's, well. Yeah, man. I'm I'm happy. I'm happy you found you found somebody that you can you know, share your, your growth and your pros, your progress with, right. That you can be open with them. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that, and the relationship that you've built with your girlfriend, you know, is partly to do with this new version of yourself where you are able yeah. to be vulnerable and, and share some of, of your fears and your desires and be fully honest with somebody so that they can get to know the real Shane, right? And and that, you know, you are letting her in and allowing her to make you feel lovable, right? So that's partly your doing and the work that you've been doing on yourself as well. Yeah, man. Thank you. And and, and on the side of the fear that I told you about, the, the funny part is, is that I'm fully awake to that fear of being unlovable and, 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 I mean, most of the time, and I have a process in which I do. And but the the main thing is is that the byproduct of me doing the work that I've been doing is that I've I've set some strong boundaries because even though that fear mildly exists and still shows up all the time, mm-hmm. there's still a sense of self worth and value in me that I have never once had in all my life. Awesome. So relationship, no relationship, anything doesn't matter. I've had I've had multiple talks and we consistently and continuously do in which uh you know the most important person in my relationship with her is is not just her it's it's myself and I mean that in the in the healthiest of ways it sounds selfish but the level of self focus I have is like I can't give from an empty cup right so and uh I'm I'm so grateful today to to actually to be able to be okay with just myself you know if she mm-hmm. was here or not here, if the job was here or not here, I feel fully confident and capable of just being a self-supportive, self-supporting guy in the company of beautiful people. You know, it's, yeah. it's priceless, man. Live a yeah, blessed man. life, brother. Absolutely, and that's that's a great that's a great place to be. Being comfortable in your own skin, right? Uh, and yeah. and uh, taking care of yourself allows you to to be of service to to others and to be a good friend and a good boyfriend and and a son and so on and all that comes from inside of you right and if you're not in a good place you're not able to 
to give to others. You have to take care of yourself first. So it's not not selfish um, at all, right? Um, there's two two more questions I want to ask you here, but uh, before before I go, I just uh, and ask those questions. I want to give you uh, a chance to just share you know, where people can learn more about you and, uh, and your business and, and your service. So any social media, you also have a, a podcast. If you want to share some information, uh, if you can uh, go ahead and do that so the listeners can get a hold of you. Yeah, I love that. Um, you know, the best place to, to get a hold of me is um, I think uh, I spend a lot of time on Facebook and Instagram. I have a, uh, my name is Shane Viet, last name spelled V-E-I-L-L-E-T-T-E, but I run a little page there. It's called Excellence Deconstructed, considering changing it to Relentless, but it's been there for a little while. It's got a overview of the books, the, the tapes, uh, consistent, uh, consistently a, a bunch of things that I use on a daily basis to, uh, to better my life, um, and to better the lives of the people I love the most. My Instagram is uh, also under relentlessly.successful. So that's the name of my business as well. And uh, I have a podcast that's linked. Um, it is uh, Relentless uh, Mindset and Relentless Spirit Meditations. If you hit me up on any one of those, I'd be, I'd be glad to, to have a chat. And uh, if there's anything in any way, shape, or form that I can be of service, or if anything that I've said or, or, or anything that I've kind of poked at maybe uh, resonates with you long after the, the the listener puts the podcast down then by all means you know reach out to me and let's let's grab a quick uh you know five minute phone call and uh and see if i can be of service to you and if i can't be of service to you i i might be able to uh, at least expose you or point you in the direction of somebody who who can help you get to the very best version so my life I, i've got a tattoo on my on my chest here i gotta tell you this because mm -hmm. it's in line with this. It says, uh, the world is yours. And what I mean by that is if I give you the world that, that you want, you know, and I give everybody the world that they want or be a small part in that, in that little, little endeavor. And, and everybody gets to live in this magical place. And, and I take just that little slip off the top, the little slip off your smile. Then real, realistically, I get to live in this like just magical world where I watch other people's dreams become their reality. And what a what a blessed place to live, you know. I, I find my I find freedom in that, and I find a, a spiritual oxygen that is just so intense. So again, yeah, hit me up on uh, on any one of those platforms and, awesome. and give me that opportunity for sure. Cool, man. We'll we'll put that in the uh, in the show notes um, as well, so that uh, people can can link directly to your uh, social media and uh, and podcast. Right. So we have this uh, segment here on the show that I call uh, fearful action challenge. And on the last podcast, it actually hasn't been released yet. Uh, okay. You know, I worked with uh, one of my guests here on brainstorming some ideas to challenge uh, each other because, you know, uh, you're definitely a great guest. And I know for a fact, we will be meeting again, either on my podcast, on yours, and it'll be yeah, an opportunity definitely. for us to kind of touch base and see where, where we're at, right? So as an example, in the last podcast, my friend is looking to quit smoking and he had a fear related to that. He just felt like he's tried so many times and he's almost given up on the idea. So the challenge was we, we set a date and this was his idea uh, for him to 
to quit smoking, right? And get over that fear that uh, he thinks that he can't do it and he's going to give it another solid go. My challenge to myself is in my business. I used to do cold calling and I've decided to pay somebody because the fear of rejection was so tough for me. And now I do have somebody that does it on, on my behalf, but just going back to my stomping grounds and get on the phone again and, and have somebody reject me. You know, I don't want your services and just being okay with that. Okay. So that was my last challenge, just to kind of give you an idea of some of the things that uh, we've been working on. Is there anything that you've thought about recently that maybe is a fear, maybe something you've been procrastinating on because of the fact that when you think of doing that action, you're maybe afraid of the the results or you're overthinking. Is there anything that comes to mind that maybe you would like to share now as a challenge to yourself so the next time that we speak, we can talk about you know whether or not you were able to achieve that goal or face that fear? Yeah, I love that. Um, I appreciate that. Like iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another, right? And I think that's what we're engaged in here. So uh, I love the no smoking one. I have, uh, you know, I've almost died from terminal cancer, came back, beat that, and yet still picked up a cigarette after I had quit. So right. that that's the type of insanity that I deal with. So I can really uh, kind of, kind of uh, gravitate towards that move. Right, um, but but let me let me see if I can challenge myself a little little more. Uh, I'll I'll throw the cigarettes in there. I'm done within the next three months. I'll tell you that for fun and for free. Today's date is uh, January sixth. Right, uh, I just can't do it anymore. I'll give you. I'll put that in my calendar. I'll actually, as we're speaking here, I'm going to make a note of it so that I I I hate being called on stuff when I'm when I'm not doing it. <laughs> So stop. you know what's what's interesting is that the the smoking challenge that my friend Diego that was on the last episode uh, he didn't want to do it right away either because it's like you know that it's intense to say hey, man, this thing that's had some power over me tomorrow's the day that that's hard and he set the exact same date you're going for three months, three months ahead eh? yeah okay. so April okay. April first is his last smoking date oh. and we already started talking about him as a non-smoker and 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 a person that used to like smoke that. and april 1st you will no longer be a smoker so you can already start speaking in the past tense get your mind ready um like and, and and whatever you know whatever you got to do to to set it up and and you know i know it's something that you want to do and it means a lot to you to um be able to accomplish that and and it would be uh great to to see you achieve that uh, how about you? Let, let you go first. And I'm going to sure. find another one because the smoking one is pretty evident. Sure. I'd, I'd like to do another one. I'd like okay. to find something sure. a little more of a, of an internal challenge. Sure. Okay. And, and my, mine is easy to, to come up with because I've actually been putting to, together a list. It's one of the episodes I'm working on is, you know, they say, you know, there's a, a somebody, a U.S. old U.S. president that said, you know, do something every day that scares you. Right. So it's something Love that's, that that that's said often and to actually put that plan into action i have a uh, a calendar that i write things on ahead of time so the day that that item is on there i get it done and i'm setting rules for myself that it's got to be done by the end of the day and i don't give myself a choice so looking at you know coming up next uh, thursday january the 9th i'm going to sign up for 
Toastmasters, which is uh, an organization that works on public speaking. So that's one of my big fears is public speaking, the the fear of of judgment, you know, being an immigrant in this country and having been made fun of when I was attempting to speak English for the first time. It's actually crazy to think that today I am working on a podcast, right? Basically speaking, yeah. communicating to people. But so that still remains a fear of mine of being judged by the way that I speak, the what I talk about and just being in a room full of people I don't really know. That fear is so intense. And I know that if I can improve my public speaking abilities, it can help me in my business and it can help me with confidence in general. So that's something that, you know, by the next time you're on this podcast, I will have joined. And so so we could make it, you know, measurable. The measure of success is I will have joined Toastmasters and I will have spoken in front of a group at least once with whatever their program is. So that's that's a challenge to myself. I'm going to, I'm going to make, I'm going to make three calls related to my business, um, to offer my services free of charge to, uh, to three schools. So what I really want to do is I, I, I would love to go in and do similar. Uh, I don't have a fear of public speaking and I, I don't necessarily have a fear of doing it, but mm-hmm. I've, I've definitely procrastinated on doing it. Right. And it, right. it's something that I find you know, I like I said, if I'm sitting with somebody eyeball to eyeball and we're talking about changing our life in any way, shape, or form, addict, no addict, it doesn't really matter. Uh, that that that's what stops the clock on my wall. And when the clock stops, you know you're doing something that you should be doing or engaged, and that's what we're here for, right? We're here right. to stop the clock. Right. And, uh, okay. That's yeah. That's uh, that's a good. Um... That's a good challenge. I'm going to come up with some better ones, though. I'm going to start to look at that because I appreciate that question deeply. I I know that there's a lot more inside of me that's probably hiding right now. Mm -hmm. It doesn't want to show up because I I don't want to pull my, you know what I mean? Uh, Right. uh, But I'll definitely be, I'll be on the lookout for it and I'll make some notes and jot it down. I'm a, I'm a big believer in putting pen to paper. Huge. Yeah, spiritual I, instrument I, that pen. I am as well because of the fact that you know when it's just us in our own heads, we will justify why it's not a good time. We need more planning. We need more data, and so we start yeah. to overthink, and then it just goes away. And then yeah. we start repeating the same sort of thoughts, and and we always give ourselves a, a way out. So that's why I think the pen to paper, it's there. It's not going to go away until you erase it, right? And I think that uh, for anyone listening that's looking to challenge themselves, I think one thing that's very important when you do it is setting a date, making it specific enough that you know when it's done, right? Because if you just say, you know, I'm going to get in shape, like what does that mean, right? But if you say, I'm going to sign up for the gym, Right. Once you do that, you know, okay, I've, I've, I've checked it off the list. That's what I said I was going to do. Or, you know, I'm going, like you said, you're going to make three phone calls. And so I would suggest that you, for yourself, for your own uh, sake, just set a date on that, like a cutoff date so that, you know, you can, you can get it done, you know, in time and not procrastinate and, and I'm going to make three phone, I'm writing it down as we speak, make three phone calls by Friday. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, and I would love we'll to to hear on, how man. how that goes, and 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 hopefully you can uh, 
you know, get in front of some schools and and uh, and and spread your your message of hope, right? That would be um, uh, amazing. And so now the the last question that I I have for you here is, uh, you know, if if you could send a message of of hope that plays on everyone's phone in the entire world, first thing that they hear when they wake up tomorrow morning, <laughs> what would you like to say? If, if I could say anything, it's it's again, I'll just keep it real simple here. You know, we need to, uh, as human beings in general, in order to be there for those we love the most, we have to learn to be there for ourselves. And if, if it's at all possible, if you can take that baby analogy for a minute or a moment, bring it into your life, bring it into your work and workplace, bring it into your relationships. And just for a minute of each day, seriously give yourself that that sacred divine space and and that and that gentleness that self-compassion and treat yourself the way you would treat a brand new baby and be very mindful of what you ex- would expose that baby to as i tell you you know if i really looked at it and i had this baby in my arms would i take him into this place with these people you know i think mm-hmm. that if we can start to do that with ourselves that the ripple effects of that in the outward world would uh will be absolutely uh indescribable man indescribable that's beautiful that's very beautiful. drastic very revolutionary stuff those are my cool. two favorite words come out of a favorite book of mine as well but uh i look cool. for those areas how to how can i change my life drastically and revolutionary mm. you know that's beautiful man thank you thank you so much for being on the show and uh, and awesome, sharing so you. So openly, right? Um, you know, I hope that it, it's completely worth both of our times if one person got one thing out of our conversation that they could then, you know, put into action and yeah. uh, and take at least one small step towards improving their their lives. So thank you so much for being on the show. Increases. No, thank you. I appreciate it, brother. Awesome. Take care, buddy. Bye bye.